like I said, I waited forever to do stand-up because I kind of froze myself into thinking I need to write more or my set's not ready. I don't have an hour written. And what I'm learning is you just need to go up there and get over the fear of failing. The fear of failing is what holds everybody back because now if I go up there, I have the confidence that even if I fail and eat shit, it's a learning experience and that's gonna make me stronger. And that would be the biggest advice I can give. You are now listening to Mike's Side Chat Podcast. Here's your host, Xavier. Hey guys, I'm back with Mike's Side Chat with one of my new friends who's kind of old, um, old looking at least, but he's funny and I like him and he's coming from the improv community. These are all compliments in his world. He loves everything I say about him. I'm not sure why, but I, I try to be mean to him. He, he takes it as a compliment. It's, it, it's what makes me want to talk to him more and more. But um, I love this guy. He's been doing more stand-up more recently. And uh, I mean, I don't even know what to say about him. He's just, he's doing a great thing. He's putting on crazy shows with like, you know, this guy named Terrence uh, Davis, who looks like me and people think is me, but um, he isn't. And I can confirm, I can't confirm or deny if he really isn't me. But um, I have negated myself in the same sentence because it's late at night. And well, we're not going to get to Joel. I'm just going to just do this monologue real quick. Uh, <laughs> no. uh, Joel, how you feeling tonight, dog? Uh, my name's Barack. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I was thinking about this other. It's this other Hispanic dude I was talking to earlier. Y'all look very similar. Us, um, us Dominicans are not all the same. You're right. You're right. That's me, um, you know, picking and choosing, I guess. But um, I like you as a person, too. I think that you're also funny. Joel's is this other dude. He's very authentic. Uh, you, Barack, Barack Lesnar, um, you've been doing comedy for some time now, man. I mean, what? Uh, how long have you been doing improv, and what got you into stand-up, dude? I've been doing improv since high school, uh, 2006. Uh, I was at a YMCA Teen Leaders Club, and the person who led the group, her boyfriend, was in an improv group that performed in Milwaukee. And they came and did some shows for us, and we ended up going to a theater, and we ended up doing a show my senior year of high school. And that's where I developed my love of improv. Uh, in 2011 in Milwaukee, I did comedy sports. Um, there in Milwaukee and then I ended up moving to Columbus in 2013 and then really you know I got acclimated to Columbus but eventually around 2018 I said I want to find improv again I was able to find the Nest Theater and uh, that kind of jump started me doing improv locally uh, I've always wanted to do stand-up and in a way me getting into improv was to build the courage to do stand-up on stage and t this was the first year where I finally said, I'm no more excuses. I'm going to go all in on doing stand-up. A lot of that was motivation. A lot of the improv people in the city started doing stand-up. So Terrence, Hannah, Hannah, my friend Jacqueline, a lot, um, a lot of those people just went, took the plunge, and started building a notoriety and a brand in stand-up. And I said, you know what? This is the opening I've been looking for. No more excuses. And I've just gone full in. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed, dude. Like, you've been coming out a lot uh, recently, and it's been cool to watch you grow. Um, but um, I, I genuinely respect the hustle, dude. Like, watching you go from mic to mic and show to show 
and the the amount of growth you've experienced in such a short period of time like it's really impressive <laughs> like not to fluff you up or anything but it's just it's really cool to see people grow in, in comedy you know i uh so you see you were in milwaukee for a little bit yeah i grew up in milwaukee i moved to milwaukee when i was 11 and a half okay. moved from new york city it was extreme culture shock uh, growing up in Washington Heights, where everyone around me were Dominican, the child of immigrants, and then I moved to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where no one even knew what a Dominican was. It was definitely uh, traumatizing. Um, but I feel like the growth in my stand-up is the fact that I'm realizing now that performing is performing. And instead of looking for maybe viewing it as, well, I'm new at stand-up, so I need to spend 10 years learning stand-up instead of you. I've been performing for X amount of time. I have transferable skills. Uh, and then I focus on those transferable skills. And that's really that growth that you're witnessing. So I have a YouTube channel. I've done podcasts. I've done a lot of things where I've had to uh, present or I've had to talk or I've had to compel people with my speech. And the more I'm doing these open mics, the more I realize that I can tap into those past experiences, even though I'm relatively new to the stand-up community. Yeah, no, definitely, dude. I mean, it's always cool to see other improvisers start to explore the world of stand-up. Because, I mean, like, I'm sure I probably told you, but I started in improv um, at Ohio State, a group called A Floor Improv. And they're just very, very specific about how we addressed the uh, the the world of improv. We read books. We had very very regular practices. We traveled uh, to other colleges and around the country, and you know just to go from that and start doing stand up, which had a completely different approach to the stage. It really changed how I viewed comedy as a performer. So it's uh yeah we both just watched some wild shit happen. <laughs> I know that was that was intense, but um. Yeah, uh, I think that it's cool to have more improvisers in the stand-up community because there's a lot that we can learn from improv mm -hmm. in stand-up. Like, have you noticed any of the similarities in the improv world as you started to do more stand-up? Like, the things that you learned as an improviser, have you seen any of the things in that world that also apply to your stand-up, uh, like sets and your things you're learning absolutely uh no doubt about it so the main thing i'm learning uh before my mentality about stand-up is i'm gonna write this out i'm gonna write every joke i'm gonna write every reaction i know how the crowds are going to react uh and then you go in with a plan versus improv where you kind of go and you got to feel for the audience you got to feel for the suggestions you play off of your teammates and it organically goes to somewhere I've learned to merge that mentality into my stand-up. So now uh, I'll go and I'll have a set written. I'll have eight minutes worth of stuff and I'll go up there and for four minutes actually not say anything that I wrote at all. And it'll all be off the cuff, playing off of the audience, playing off of the host. And the more I learn, the more I realize those skills are what makes stand-up funny because it makes it seem more natural. It makes it seem more sporadic. Uh, less forced so I'm tapping into that and the more I tap into it the more success I feel I'm having with stand-up and also it's just confidence thing because I can say maybe I don't have 10 years of stand-up like this individual does but because of my stand-up I can do things on the stage that perhaps they're not comfortable doing so I can kind of make that my lane and I'm a firm believer 
that stand up and improv go together like peanut butter and jelly. Like they may be different, but they complement each other so well. And when I met you, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but we were part of the same show. You did stand up and my improv team was performing and we based our set off of some of the jokes that you made in your stand up set. And I loved it. I thought it was so amazing because A, if I'm performing improv, I can make a reference, let's say to a movie and the audience didn't watch the movie and it's not gonna land. But if I reference a set that they just witnessed, everybody in the room's gonna get that call back and be like, oh, he's talking about that set. But the cool part for me too is now that stand-up performer just watched their material take on a whole new life that they could have never expected. And that creates magic. I think it creates magic for everyone involved. I love win-wins in life and I really feel stand-up and improv are kind of one of those win-win situations where everybody involved just kind of wins. Yeah, dog, I remember that show. It was, uh, was it uh, the Illuminati? The Illuminati, that's the name of our improv team. Don't tell anyone because it's supposed to be a cult. You're right, you're right. My bad, my bad, my oh, bad. Dude, but yeah, you already yeah. told them my government name. It's fine. No, no, no. I said, no, I didn't say the whole thing, but I just said the first, you know, I mean, there's so many people with that name in this so world. Many Joels. It's, it's true. Yeah, so I mean, I didn't give them, you know, the whole tea, just part of the tea. You know, they, they're wondering what the West of it is, and I won't tell them. They'll have to look you up on social media and stalk you. But uh, no, no, I remember that show it was really cool to watch. Uh, you guys' improv group take my stand-up set or really everybody on that show and create full-blown improv sketches, like 20, 15, 20-minute 20 sets based off the suggestions in uh, our sets. And that was so cool to watch. You're right. I was just, y'all were coming up with things I hadn't really thought of for those ideas. And it was just such a cool experience. So, yeah, it was, it was definitely pretty dope. Um, how would you say you've enjoyed uh, stand-up so far compared to improv? Like, do you feel like it's been, like, a similar experience or, like, a harder experience? Like, what's it been like doing stand-up versus improv and then, like, trying to do stand-up with the improv inside of it? You know what I mean? So what I feel is I've always had a love for stand-up. Uh, some of my favorites are George Carlin, Dave Chappelle. I still have memories of being in high school listening to like Lewis Black, uh, all these guys just listening to their specials over and over, loving how clever they were, loving how they made me laugh, how they had so many layers. So I always admired it. Uh, I actually did my first stand-up set the night I turned 25 years old. Somebody needs to get their car taken care of, wow. Necklers, man. Always get neckled by somebody, cars, kids. You know, bills. Yeah. But I did my first set at 25, and I actually did. It's a funny story with that, because I performed, and then I went to a different bar to watch, like, the Heat game where Ray Allen hit the three, because that was that same night, because my birthday's in June, right around the finals time. And I remember walking back to my car afterwards, and gun I was going to go by the bar where I had the open mic, and I see some white dudes, like, looking at me and pointing. And I remember being, like, tensing up, like, yo, like, some shit's about to go down. And when I got closer... The one white guy tells the other white guy, he's like, yo, this guy right here was the only guy that was funny tonight. And I remember being like, wow, thank you. Like, I had just turned, I just turned 25. I didn't know that I had done well. So to think these guys wanted to fight me and actually wanted to compliment me in that way gave me a lot of confidence. But then I went another eight years without doing stand-up because it was scary. Like, I went up there, I'm like, I did it. 
because uh, it was still terrifying to me. Uh, then I did improv. What I've always liked about improv, you kind of go, there's no script, there's nothing, you just kind of go. Uh, and the main thing I've had to learn about improv is that I used to have the mentality, you have to go up there and be funny. You have to say shit that's funny, and now I realize it's actually not that. You play a character, and be true to that character, and then you compliment what somebody else is doing, and the funny just happens naturally, and you setting that up. Um, but eventually, I performed enough in improv where this year, again, with everybody in improv doing stand-up now, where I went to your open mic, actually, and this is a funny story. I told Terrence, I'm like, I think I want to do that open mic, and he's like, sign up for it. I was like, I signed up. He's like, if you don't do it, I'm going to tell everybody you're a coward. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like Terrence. And honestly, that was the spark. I was like, shit, I can't have Terrence, the God Show Davis, fucking telling everybody I'm a fucking Terrence, the God Show Davis, yeah. I actually met him on a podcast. I used to have an improv podcast that I used to do called Cointel Bro, and I put it out publicly. Hey, I need performers to come on my podcast. And Terrence, back in 2019, came on my podcast, and we just hit it off immediately. Uh, now we have the Black Friday show that we do. We have one June 9th at the attic, and it's just growing into this whole new fucking like phenomenon in the city. And it's again that combination of fucking improv, stand up, and Terrence loves to throw music in there as well that fucking fits the vibe. Kind of reminds me of Chappelle's show when they would end with a musical act. Yeah, 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 that's dope. But to make a long story short, I've always wanted to do stand up, I always felt improv was to help me build the confidence to get to stand-up. So now that I'm doing stand-up, it seems like I'm growing quickly, but I really feel it's a plan I've had for fucking ever, and now I'm just fulfilling and actually going through with it. And I feel so validated in that I'm quickly, I feel like developing, like, yeah, this guy has something to him. Yeah, dude, that's dope, man. I, uh, like I said, I, I always enjoy watching comics uh, wherever they start from in their journey, progress in their their comedic uh, endeavors. So it's been cool watching you grow, and and I, I remember that show it was such a such a great show with the uh, the Illuminati. You know, I won't say anymore. That's just the name of the group. After that and, show, I, I mean, after that show, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but I reached out to you and I was like, "Yo, can you help me like get into stand up?" Because it was that serious to me. I saw you up there. And now this is two years later almost, and now I'm coming to all these mics and doing shows that you host. So I kind of see the growth within myself and just us having this conversation right now. Yeah, dude, you've come, you've come a long way from just doing do just doing improv and then like coming up and slinging them jokes. You got some funny stories, man. You got one story about your your kids essentially roasting you, man. That stuff is so funny, um, which kind of makes me think like, what um. What what would be like a piece of advice? I know you're still learning everything, but I mean you're in the heat of it, so it's probably the best time to give something, like some sort of nugget of wisdom that's working for you or that you noticed. What would be a piece of advice you give somebody who might have a similar background to you, or is like I want to get better at it, at uh, not improv, but just like comedy in general as a performer? What's like a small thing you could tell them that you think would help them get better? Uh, I would say. The biggest thing, the obstacle I had, I wanted to plan everything out perfectly, which is the equivalent of going on a date and you have a script of what you're going to do at the date and then you're <laughs> planning what your date is going to say and how you're going to react to it. Life doesn't work that way. What I've learned is you could come with maybe a basic, maybe I'll touch on this, maybe I'll talk about this. 
but you kind of go with a loose structure in a way and you just feel the room um, and just have the courage to do it. Sometimes, like I said, I waited forever to do stand-up because I kind of froze myself into thinking I need to write more or my set's not ready. I don't have an hour written. And what I'm learning is you just need to go up there and get over the fear of failing. The fear of failing is what holds everybody back because now if I go up there, I have the confidence that even if I fail and eat shit, it's a learning experience and that's going to make me stronger. And that would be the biggest advice I can give. And in all honesty, um, like you said, I'm newer as far as stand-up, but I have the belief that any journey that you're on, like let's say I've only been, you know, I'm a fat guy and I've been working out a month, you can give advice to a guy that just started today. Um, and like you pointed out, I'm in the thick of it and there's value in the advice I can give because let's say you've been doing it for 10 years, maybe you forgot your rookie lessons and now you're dealing with like veteran lessons that aren't applicable to somebody that's starting versus me, their shit I'm discovering being new at it, I can be like, yo, here's a pitfall that I had or here's a success that I had, see how that works for you. And ultimately it's all experimentation. It's all figuring out what works for you and just figuring out what your voice is, what it is that you want to say. And I know the biggest rule for me is I've always been a writer. If it doesn't entertain me, if it doesn't make me laugh, I don't feel confident in it. And if it makes me laugh, then there's a very good chance it'll make some other people laugh. And that's kind of what I go off of. Nah, that's dope, dude. I mean, as I've done comedy over the years, I've learned that, you know, you're never too young to teach and you're never too old to learn. So you got to keep that humility about yourself so that you can keep making that progress as a student of the craft. So I'm definitely with you 100%. Uh, well, I, I didn't want to keep you all night because I feel like we could talk all night. <laughs> if we, uh, if you're an improviser, I'm a improviser, we could improviser, we could literally just make stuff up and keep going forever and ever. Amen. Well, let me tell you one more thing. I want to tell you my original comedy background. This please, please. I've been an internet troll my whole life. My real comedy. I was an internet troll in like 2001, 2002, where it was not popular to be an internet troll. I knew it. I was part of message boards. I was sharing memes. I was fucking saying 1337, which meant elite. Like I was part of that life. Now everything is memes. Everything's people clowning on the internet. Back when I did it, it was not popular to do that. It made you a loser. Now, those things that made me a loser when I was a teenager make you fucking hilarious. So it taught me how to write. It taught me how to be fucking funny, to be able to communicate in a comedic way in an internet medium. And this was before social media and all this shit. So now I feel so confident because I feel I've been doing it forever. It was a different sort of environment, but it's still so applicable when my biggest advice I'll give anyone and I know you said we're wrapping this up is don't ignore your transferable skills don't ignore like maybe you're great at work and you're doing presentations at work for fucking CEOs on a weekly basis but then you're afraid to go on stage in front of a couple assholes like no tap into that person you are when you're talking at work or you're talking in other situations maybe you're a bartender and you're talking to 80 people in one night but you go on stage and you're afraid. No, tap into that experience because it's all relevant. Excuse me. Heck yeah, dude. That's dope. I um, don't think I could have said that better myself. 
Uh, well, it's been uh, Barack Lesnar, me, me and him kicking it, you know. Won't drop his full name, but his first real name is Joel, which I love. It's a very, um, very, very lovely name. name. Very it good. is. It really is. I love it, though. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, uh, so you have, the, you said you have a show coming up uh, with Black, uh, Black Friday. It was uh, which day? Black Friday is going to be June 9th at the Attic. Uh, tickets are out now. They're 15 bucks. It's an amazing experience. I don't know if I'm gonna get in trouble for saying this, but my understanding is Black Friday have been the most successful shows at the attic. We've sold them out. They've had like the highest fucking bar nights that they've had on those nights. And I feel there's an appetite for that in this city. I'm also producing a show June 30th at Cafe Kerouac. It's also gonna be stand-up and improv. And I feel that's gonna be my lane. I feel there's a lot of people producing stand-up shows. There's a lot of people producing improv shows. But I feel there's a lane that's right for the picking to combine both, and I'm very comfortable making that my lane. Hey, man, and you're you're definitely a good driver when it comes to lanes, man. But yeah, no, do you think? Do you think? Uh, but yeah, very uh, very excited for the future of of everything you have going on comedically. Uh, I will definitely be you know front seat to all of those shows. I haven't been to a Black Friday sh uh, show, but uh, Terrence told me about the one. You just told me about that same one. Uh, June 9th. I hope to see you there. And, and before we end, I want everyone to know Xavier G. Dunson is amazing. This guy is one of the most likable people you're ever going to meet. He can go up there and just, like, read off a calendar and people fucking love it. He performs shows in all the whitest cities in Ohio, and they all love him, too. These are people that have never seen a black person, and then he ends up booking, like, eight other shows in that city because of how great he is. So if you're listening to this, you probably know him. But if you're new to Xavier G. Dunson, this is the man right here. He is Himothy. <laughs> you are so kind, Barack. I uh, I love paid sponsorships, and I didn't, haven't had to pay you for that. But uh, it's been... Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. You're right. You're right. I'll send you an invoice. <laughs> but this has been Mike's Side Chat uh, with my good friend Barack Lesnar, a.k.a. Joel, last name. I'll never tell us. Full government, because, you know, that's not how we roll around here. But uh, I'll catch you guys next time. Have a good night, and uh, peace out. Thanks for listening to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Please leave a review. Let me know what you think. Subscribe for updates, and I'll see you guys next time.